So hello guys and welcome to the Elect Fellowship podcast. Today I'm joined by a great man of God. He is known as the sex pastor, the hash technician. He's an elder, he's a father, he's a husband, he's a vicar, he's a great man, a man of many trades. So help me welcome none other than Reverend Ken Aringo sir. Hello, thank you everybody. Just a quick, a quick correction on that. I used to be a vicar, now I am not. I have moved on. <laughs> okay, I'm now I'm now former vicar, but I use, I'm the youth pastor at Nairobi Chapel on Gong Road. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> young people. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Awesome. Just, just introduce yourself to us for just a minute to get to know you better. Yeah, my name is Reverend Ken Ringo. I am a minister of the gospel. I'm a counseling psychologist and a coach, a life coach. My heartbeat is on young people. I'm into a lot of addictions counseling and marriage counseling. And I'm an author of one amazing book uh, called The Software of Sex. I like saying that God gave all of us the hardware, but you must download the software. And so mm-hmm. it's my joy to be able just to help my generation understand this taboo subject that we rarely address in the African culture called this uh, the sex subject. So I titled I titled my book The Software of Sex, and I'm grateful to be on this platform. Looking forward to be a part of the blessing to this generation uh, through the Elect Fellowship. Hey, thanks, thanks, Pastor. I think we'll just get right into it. Tell yeah. us more about the software of sex. Why did you write this book? What's the book about? Who are you addressing in this book? Yeah, I'm addressing all the potential candidates and the practicing mm-hmm. candidates uh, in the uh, who actually get a chance to enjoy their sexuality. I do realize that uh, from Scripture, the first book in the Bible, actually in the first chapter, and uh, more uh, more prominent in the second chapter, and a whole book uh, called SOS, which I call Saidia or Saidia or Song of Solomon talks about this subject very openly and so I, I looked at scripture and i remember one time i didn't have a car and for two weeks i had to use a matatu and i list early morning i was listening to this secular uh, fm station uh by force because i mean the matatu the, the driver did not consult me or the, or the or the conductor and early morning and they were talking about bedroom affairs in a way i just felt this is not right and so i said instead of complaining about uh, what uh, our culture and how things had gone on the down low, that such a subject was being discussed in a way that was very, uh, what I say, disrespectful, both to uh, the female and especially the female. Uh, young uh, people would call in, the callers would call in and talk about their deep bedroom affairs. And I just felt, can we make our voice known as a church? And so I went into scripture, I looked at my own experience with young people, my own personal struggles in, the, in that area of sexuality, and I said it's time for us uh, to give what uh, Theophilus, uh, the writer of the book of Luke and Acts, says to put a give, a give an account, a true account, a biblical account of this gift called sex. So um, my, my point is I believe that sex is a gift from God, and that gift, when a gift uh, is not uh, received, it stands to be withdrawn. And also when purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. And so this book mm. meant to help out understand what is the purpose, the God purpose of sex, and how can we use it, maximize it uh, the way God intended it. Because I don't think the devil invented sex, God invented sex. 
So how we use it, uh, it's our good stewardship, just as we use any other gift. That's the purpose of my book. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Reverend, I've talked about uh, your personal struggles in the area of uh, sexual purity. Yes. And you find that many people nowadays are uh, are feeling like I'm alone in this struggle. Yeah. You know, I've tried, I've failed, I'm alone in this struggle, and I'm doing everything I can, but I cannot get out of it. Mm. Can you encourage us from a person who has overcome his struggles? Uh, how yeah. what can you tell the young people who are struggling to overcome their their issues with sexual purity? Yeah, I think my 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 greatest uh, bit of the what I've had from a lot of people have read the book for the last three years. The book has been the market. I, I dedicated a part of that book just to uh, share real life stories and I didn't include their, their names, but these are real life stories I could identify with from, from my own struggle, like I mentioned. I began, uh, I got into the problem of masturbation and pornography way back in high school and into my college life. Uh, I was born again, I got born again in high school, uh, second year, but right uh, into my, my, my teenage years, uh, young adulthood, this is a struggle I thought when I get I got saved, I will just disappear with my, my with salvation. But I didn't know these are those things that you go to work on. You know that when Paul says work out your uh, your salvation with fear and trembling, these are yeah. the things I discovered I needed to work every day on. And I struggled with masturbation and pornography for the longest time. I would actually be, I, I've received a PhD if I went on that line. I would have received a PhD in porn and masturbation. <laughs> Luckily, that that school there were no awards, uh, only regrets, only guilt and shame. And so when I discovered I was walking under a heavy burden of my struggle with porn and masturbation, one of the things about this kind of struggle is that it's personal. Like you said, many people don't want to air it, don't want to talk to anybody. You want to hide and look okay, and right there you are hurting. Uh, you don't know how to come out and because no one is talking about it uh, you die silently and someone said the enemy uh, the enemy will only get you to the extent he can isolate you you know if you have a yeah, I, I grew up in the village and anytime you went out with the animals uh, the cows to graze you had to keep an eye on all of them if any one of them stays back uh, an, an animal a wild animal can just target the one that is lonely and so I believe uh, it, uh, as believers, it's time for us to have accountability, <clears throat> uh, friends, people, uh, they, I call it the Jonathan David connection. And so what is the really uh, the software of sex? The software of sex talks about the mind. The mind is the greatest sexual organ. Uh, people think our, 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 our sexual organs, the physical sexual organs uh, are the real challenge. Someone say, no, I'm having a problem with lust. And you start blaming uh, your manhood or for the ladies uh, their womanhood but the truth is our greatest challenge on sexuality is our mind what we then uh, the bible says therefore be ye uh, transformed by the renewal of your mind do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world as we are told in, in, in the book of, uh, of, of hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 and so i believe that the software of sex is the things that we do intentionally we must be double careful on uh, the material we watch Okay, like my greatest uh, trouble began when I'm bored uh, and I'm, I, I don't want a teacher to bore me. I'd hide in my desk a nice magazine. In our time, it was black and white. I don't know what would have happened if I lived today, if I was a teenager in, in this day where you open your phone and it's all the images raw, colored, are right there before you. Ours, we had actually to buy. I remember a guy in our school who used to sell for us uh, 10 shillings and you stay with it for one hour. 
and under your desk uh, mm-hmm. you just consume you consume the menstruation uh, and and you feel nice and uh, there's a particular uh, kick that you feel you feel excited for a moment actually porn feels exciting when you are doing it because there are hormones that are released the endorphins are released and you feel you just have you relaxed but what happens is that you know god gave us a conscience at the end of that session when you come back to your senses like the prodigal son you start feeling a sense of worthlessness a sense of guilt a sense of shame and i wonder if this thing is okay how comes when i'm done i stay i feel so ashamed about it and so i talk to young people that there are some things the bible says there's a way that looks right in the eyes of a man but in the end leads to death and so i like to warn myself that what made me step back is i realized every time i had had my session of porn or masturbation and i'd feel nice at the end but at, when i was stopped back and i was maybe an hour to a, a day later i was so ashamed of myself and i said if this thing is is lovely then how comes i'm i'm having a, a bad a guilt uh, conscience why am i suffering uh, with this shame then i discovered that was the enemy's lie and so that is the genesis of my book and and what I do with young people in the area of sexuality. Okay, that, that's awesome pastor. So you, you have told us that it's reached a point where you decided that enough is enough. Enough is enough. Oh yes. That's right. And you so for us yeah. Yeah, sure. I was saying when you say enough is enough, you know, you must have uh, when you are doing something, you are, you are looking for the gains. No one does something that you are not uh, hoping to gain from. So when I entered into it friends know how peers come and tell each other wow hey let me show you something nice and if it is something nice how comes I was not enjoying it all the way when I go to bed and I want to relax when I wake up in the morning and I've masturbated on my bed I have to hide my bed sheets in school how comes I didn't feel nice so I realized this thing that there are no rewards it was all a lie and reverend talking about it in the same line i've had some a uh, couple of people say that in my struggle with porn with masturbation i have come to a point where i've decided that enough is enough and i've started the journey of sexual purity mm. but it goes on for around two three months and then i find myself back in the same pitch now, how do you help such a person wow i always first of all compliment uh, compliment them because i remember my struggle took over seven years for me to be cleaned up uh, completely it took over seven years uh, if not eight and some of this I was um, I was I was preaching the gospel I was a minister and once in a while uh, when I defaulted to uh, my default which would have been you know when something has happened to you and you are bored and you get this magazine or you get a movie you go somewhere people are watching a movie adult rated you say I, I can handle this guys listen if you are dealing with an addiction and you're coming out never trust yourself you can't trust the flesh and so i will appreciate the person who has made an effort to try and come out the fact that they want to come out that's a big good beginning point uh, what they need to know is that the enemy will also hit you very hard the moment you decide that you want out of an addiction a sexual addiction you will discover that the war will be heavier that's the time uh, people who have never called you will want to uh, give you a chance to just watch a movie with them someone want to take you out on a movie and uh, you must be able to have to, uh, the, the the temerity and the nerve to say you know what i am not going i don't want so be careful watch 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 what you watch watch what you hear this is where some uh, chapter 1 comes into play uh, blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or sit on the seat of mockers 
or stand on the way of sinners but his delight is in the law of the lord and on the law he meditates day and night it's a day and night affair guy it's not something that you you try Caleb, and then you're out and oh no i'm done so you must go in with it with resilience and know that days when you slack and back don't give up uh how many people by failing an exam or a cut you say i'm done with this course if you're doing a degree there are many papers in in campus i flunked i tried no i didn't make it but i said you know what i'm going for a reset because i need to get my diploma i need to get my masters i need to get my degree so you don't give up when you know you are on a journey oh, oh that, that's amazing that's amazing pastor and and people talk about uh i've had many people who teach about sex talk about that last does not disappear when you get married or when you start dating Ooh, and it's the kind of perception that is out here that guys are saying that i'm waiting for the time mm. i get married and i know that my struggles will over. be over how do you say to such a person yeah, your struggle will just move location they'll have moved uh, to a new geographical location now that's my one yeah, love <laughs> just transfer them from one location to another listen guys sin is a problem of the heart and sin is not a problem is not a geographical problem and why am i calling geographical if you are single and you can't deal with your heart uh the bible talks of ezekiel 36 verse 26 onward about the uh, the heart of stone and the heart of flesh if you have not submitted your heart uh, to the authority and the lordship of jesus christ whereby you tell god to deal with your last now if you think that you get married then now you have a chance to have a sex with your wife i need i will be i want i keep warning guys in premarital i do a lot of premarital counseling and i tell couples beware because there are things that you if you don't deal with in your singlehood and you enter with them in marriage they will not now hurt you alone they will hurt two people they'll hurt you and the person you love most and no no one wants to transfer a problem from themselves to include someone else so that's someone to run away from if you are dealing with someone say i struggle with the with sexual say with, with the pornography masturbation or, or lust uh, but i know when we get married it will be over if you if you are either of the party that is being uh, married please run away for dear life don't stay there <laughs> that's amazing and and all does not to address guys now who are now dating Yeah, there are some guys who are dating and they ask this very famous question how far is too far with regard to physical intimacy when dating wow uh okay the simplest answer to that question is how warm do you want to get when you are near a fire have you ever <laughs> in a campfire you know when the, it's cold and you are starting out on, on the campfire everyone normally sits right by the by the firewood and then as the night wears on i lose i used to, I used to yeah, do a lot of camping and as the night wears on when the fire gets hot and hot you see everyone doing what running away from the source now that tells you that our body is conditioned to know when it is too much now with regard to the heat that comes out of sexual excitement i want to warn you guys please stay don't ask how how close can i get to the edge without falling ask yourself how far can i stay away from danger from the edge so that i don't even think of falling so when you begin that first kiss remember that kiss is not a kiss in isolation a uh, one thing about sex people don't understand that sex is not just the the, the coitus it's more than the coitus the thought about when jesus talks about uh, whoever looks at a woman lustfully has already done what 
committed adultery. That tells you that we can actually have sex uh, without coitus. We can have sex in our mind, just looking at someone lasting. When you start having a moment with your girlfriend in, a, in your house alone, and you are just doing what uh, Kita, I used, we used to, uh, there's an advertisement, a bit old, used to be called, a yellow pages advertisement. The yellow pages was about, uh, they had a slogan, let your fingers do the walking. I know this generation will not understand that. But when you start having a, 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 a fingology geography on someone's body, please be careful because you may you you would you you always say this: don't start what you can't finish. If you know you are not willing to go all the way, don't start it. Um, that's the nature of that question. So don't ask how far is too far. Ask how holy, how safe can we be, how loving can we be without being uncomfortable. If someone walks into a in your room and you are with your girlfriend or boyfriend. Will you run away? Will you start running after the remote? If you are watching a movie together, how many guys watch a movie with a remote so close that when you hear some footsteps, you change channels? Anytime you have something to hide, you know that the enemy is very present and actually uh, he's the referee of that game. Oh, that, that's amazing, Pastor. And, and with regard to now, uh, when you are dating it, and even when you are yeah. single, which steps can one take to make sure that they remain pure, that they remain uh, sexually pure and that they are focused on God? Yeah. Number one, uh, there's nothing wrong with dating. I think uh, dating is a, is a stage of life and a season when you get to know someone uh, more more than you know uh, other people. Uh, and in this case, is someone you are interested in romantically. Now, dating, remember, is a process. Dating is a journey. Don't go into a date like an event. Dating is not an event. It's a journey. And when you're going on a long journey, you normally carry a backpack. So how do you pack when you're going on a date? What are the kind of stuff? Uh, you need to be very clear. Number one, the two of you must mutually agree. What are the do's and don'ts? I hate to be an, in a meeting without agenda. I hate to be in a program, a school program, a college program where I don't have a timetable. Uh, the reason why we are told uh, from six, uh, like I've, I've been in a, a master's program for three years whereby I'd go to class at 5.30, my classes begin at 5.30 and end at 8. Anytime I know that uh, 8 is nearing, my head has tuned off, I know I'm heading home. Because we are in mutual agreement that this is what our date will constitute. So you need to agree when you're going to have a date, or for example, we're going to date for one year, what will be the content, what will constitute that dating? The problem people find themselves in, they go, you find yourself in this girl, with this girl or, or guy, or guy, and you are dating, and you have no idea where it's going. It doesn't have a head or a, or a tail. And so you just do anything that comes. You can discuss anything. You need to agree. These are our ground rules for the dating. And also, if you are for believers, allow me to speak to believers. We need to have the anchor. We need to have a guide. And the guide is scripture. You need to say these are things uh, that we hope that by the time we finish a year, a month, three months, however long you want to date, uh, you endeavor to make the other party better than you found them. I, I was so just the other day, uh, when I, after getting married, I've been married now for 17 years. And I think about seven years in my marriage, I traveled to this country and I met one of my, 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 my former girlfriends, my ex, and she amazed me. She told me, when you are my first boyfriend, and I always honor you because you never asked me to have sex with you. And you treated me with honor. Mm -hmm. And to hear your ex say that, my guy, is nothing as, as, as freeing and fulfilling. If she only knew how much I struggled not to touch her. But I, I told myself, I want to leave this person better than I found them. So endeavor to be a, a person who even in dating, your, your, your testimony, uh, your testimony is kept. 
<laughs> that's amazing that's amazing faster yeah. and I've talked to a to a couple of guys who have already fallen into the trap of uh, sexual sin. Yeah. And and yeah. some of them tell me that uh, you know I'm already in this. You know, there's no need of me coming out of this. They they say it in a Shang language. Kaende kaende. Let's do this. Yes. How do you tell such a person? Wow. Anytime you find someone who has such slogans like kaende kaende, the truth is they will hit a brick wall. And please be sober. Wait for them because if they have decided that's the path they take. Be the sober one. I remember the campaign that some alcohol company uh, had in Kenya. You know the where where you had when you go out, you have the the designated driver. That's what you need. Such people need designated uh, friends, uh, people who can tell them, you know what, what you are doing is wrong. But because that's the path you've chosen, I'll be the sober one and wait wait on you, uh, so that well, when you come back to your senses, we'll we'll be here waiting for you. Uh, it's I think it's madness, it's foolishness for someone uh, to think that they can just do whatever they want in the flesh and not pay the price. Their their, their choices, every choice that we make has consequences. I know that's a phrase we hate to uh, to hear as Kenyans but I want to repeat it here choices have consequences kakienda kakienda hivyo when you hit the rock bottom guys remember you have actually gotten yourself into it so do things that you know that you can look at yourself in the mirror in the eye and say you know what I'm proud of my choices Ah, that's amazing that's amazing and uh, I was watching one of your sermons on YouTube yeah. where you are talking about uh, dating with destiny mm. and uh, there's this uh, common thing among the youth nowadays that uh, let's see where it goes <laughs> and it, it ends up it ends up in premium tears <laughs> I don't know what you're going to tell such people yeah. number one you know I, I believe that uh, there's, uh, dating is a mission but never date dating is a mission but don't date as a missionary okay ha <laughs> that's amazing okay now when you are on a mission it means that you are heading somewhere when you when you de- i i believe that any time i settle on a lady or a guy in the in the name of dating we are looking at some things that we currently don't have and namely for example you are heading towards marriage when you know you are on a mission there are particular things that you do that are very intentional, very deliberate and must ha- there must be a growth curve. And as believers, when you know that this is someone I would want like Paul said I want to present this bride before Christ without wrinkle. It tells you the kind of decorum, the kind of discipline that you need to have if you're going to go out with someone on a date. And so there's no way you can you can deceive yourself that you sit there uh, with someone that you're on a date but you're doing everything else couples are not doing. I know people who are dating but they're doing more than married people. Married couples are doing in their bed. There's nothing they have not done. <laughs> so they can even teach couples how to be uh, how to be here but they are them they're dating. That is deception. So please uh don't bite more than you can chew. Remember the sexual progression the moment you begin on some things you can never go back. You will find yourself wanting to move and move uh to the to higher higher levels. And that's where people reach a point they they, they become uh, suicidal, they violence, you hate yourself. So be careful. Oh, that, that's, that's then let me and, then uh, one more thing. Never say that for example I'm I'm with someone who is not born again and I'm born again. Uh through this dating I want to uh, preach to them. That is what I'm calling do you can never never do missionary dating. There's no way. The Bible is very clear in 2 Corinthians 6:14 uh, that light and darkness cannot mix. 
And so don't deceive yourself that you can uh, be a believer uh, going out with an unbeliever because you're evangelizing them. You cannot evangelize by hugging uh, okay, and, and, and by touching the wrong place. There's no way. You evangelize with scripture. Ah, that's amazing. That's amazing, Pastor. And I want us to address the, the single people right now. There are some people who feel uncomfortable in the face of, of singleness, that uh, everyone around them is dating and they feel, man, I, I need to some, find someone to date. What, what do you tell the person who is single right now? Wow. I, one of the things that many people don't tell, even those guys who are dating, they never show you uh, an advertisement of how they fought or how they sat with their girlfriend for one hour and no one was talking because one was hurt. So the world will always present to you the picture they want you to see. Uh, let me tell you guys, dating is work. Uh, courtship is work. Marriage is hard work. And so uh, for someone who has been married for 17 years, allow me to tell you that there is no single formula that you'll walk into a dating relationship or a marriage and you and you have fun because just because others are doing it don't be enticed by the the outward the outlook you need to re- remember when you get in there every relationship is unique because you're going to meet someone with a different personality different taste and desires and wants and preferences so for the two of you to become one there's a, a big word I, li- I like using it's called perichoresis perichoresis is a, a coming together a merging of two two histories by the time that happens there's fights kuna kukosana there are times you walk out on each other and if you enter in because you saw other people dating you won't handle the heat inside so don't admire from outside please wait until you are in and make prepare yourself before you get in Oh, that's amazing and you have talked about marriage being very hard I, I want you to give us a snippet of what marriage is for us young people who are looking to get into marriage maybe in the next couple of years in this decade talk to us who are looking to get into marriage what is marriage like what, what should we expect to to have in marriage is it all bed and roses yeah. or are we going to have problems wow. here and there I think there's a, a lovely book uh, like by Diana John Hagee and Diana Hagee Uh, they actually uh, in their book uh, they have titled what every man wants from a woman what every woman wants from a man if anyone uh, is listening to this podcast I'll challenge them look for that book in that book uh, John and Diana talk about marriage has days of roses and days of thunder the days of roses I mean the mm. days when it will be exciting you see your wife and she's in her lingerie she's in her best uh, and you just want you want to go to the moon and have all the sex lovely sadly many people they watch soap opera hoping that that will be the marriage the soap opera is a lie they would never show you the days like now corona people have lost their jobs see people have uh, salaries have been downsized there are people who are married right now and they wish they were even single because now you have to take care of your mouth and someone else mouth and children and so that tells you the challenges of marriage will come in the responsibilities And so you must endeavor in the dating relationship you are auditioning somebody so that you know can we work as a team is it someone who can take you the days you don't have a job the time when you don't, the season you are jobless because there are people who just love you because of your wallet right now or you are handsome guy you are this popular guy the day when that popularity goes when the wallet has no money will they still love you the same way so those are the things to you have the advantage of looking for which i don't have the advantage for me right now i am in if i want out it will be a divorce so that's why i say it's hard once you are in guys marriage is a large hall a large auditorium without exit 
And when you make that exit, you pay the price. It's called divorce and it's tough. God hates divorce. That is something no, the current generation don't want to hear. But the truth is, if you get married, you're in, you're not coming out. So please take time out there and uh, grow your spiritual muscles, emotional muscles, psychological muscles, so that when you get in, you are ready to go all the way because marriage is fun. Yes, it's uh, exciting. The good days of roses, uh, but the days of thunder, are the days you come home and your wife cannot even look at your face. They don't want to talk to you. So be careful as before you get in. Remember, it's hard work. So prepare yourself before you come in. Amazing. What an advice. I want you now, Pastor, to talk to us. One last piece of advice. I'll give you one minute to talk to guys out there. What would you like to tell the young person listening to you right now in regard to the area of love, sex, and dating? Number one, God has created us with a need to be needed. The most universal need is the need to be needed. We all feel nice when someone appreciates you and someone admires you. So for the ladies who listen to this podcast, probably you just you just find yourself wanting to be told, be told by someone, I love you, you look gorgeous, you look beautiful. Please allow it uh, to be compliment on what you already know. Don't go out looking for compliments or dress uh, unbecomingly. Uh, you wear, wear, you wear a bandana in the name of a skirt or a handkerchief and you want someone to notice your nice legs, your sexy legs so that they can compliment you and you feel nice. If that is all, all you're waiting for to find uh, your affirmation and, and to find your kick, then you are in the wrong place. You need to affirm yourself. If you can't love yourself first, if you can't appreciate yourself for who you are, no one in this world will ever love you to the level which you love yourself or more than you can love yourself. So number one, remember, work on yourself before you go looking for affirmation from someone. The other thing is, when you get a chance to love somebody, remember you are representing Christ. The person you are dating with is created in the image of God. So how will you represent God? How will you protect that person in a way that if God's come back, they are, he's proud of what you have done in that dating relationship? And finally, uh, when you are loved, lady, this is for the ladies. I'm sorry, I'll be a bit hard on the ladies. Sometimes, Kunaile playing hard. Unaona mseya mekunoki is trying to cut you. Even you, you are in love, but you are, you, are, you are playing hard to get. Before you know it, you find yourself as an usher in a wedding where you should have been the bride or even jamas. You are an usher in a wedding where you should have been a bridegroom. So watch a kucheza he had to get. And someone loves you and you know that this is someone who you have you share values. Key thing to look for in dating. Look for someone you share values. The, the Bible says in Amos chapter 3, verse 3, how can two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? Be in agreement before you start a journey. That's my take. Ah, that's amazing, Pastor. Thank you for making time for us this evening. Man, I had to, man. Yeah, and may the Lord bless everyone who listened to this. I pray yeah. that God will, uh, will will be our teacher, the Holy Spirit will be our teacher, and will endeavor to be a blessing to each other. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron, just as a man will sit down and sharpen the countenance of his fellow brother. May God bless you. Thanks, Pastor. Thanks again for making time for us. I know that you have many engagements that you have, but uh, thanks for making time. Say hi to your family on behalf Amen. of the Elect Fellowship. And pass my, pass and my regards bless. to the Elect Fellowship. Amen. I will, I will. So you have been listening to the Elect Fellowship with your truly Caleb Gedinch. Mm-hmm.